Yes, now to the shattering of one of the oldest trends in Australian politics, which is that as people grow older, their politics tend to become more conservative. In political speak, it's known as the life cycle effect. The general principle that most voters change as they age from progressive to centrist or conservative. But new analysis of voting trends confirms that shift isn't happening for millennials. They're people born from 1981. And it's not happening for Gen Z, people born from 1996 to 2009. Now, this has striking ballot box implications for the coalition, but there are some for Labor too. Matthew Taylor's the author of a new report titled Generation Left, Young Voters Deserting the Right. It was released by the Centre for Independent Studies think tank this week. Hello there, Matthew. Hello, good to be with you. And also with us is Cos Samaras, a former Labor campaign strategist, now director at the communications consultancy Redbridge and widely followed. Hi, hi Cos. Good morning. Uh, Matthew, you've provided... Further confirmation, it would seem, to the understanding that younger Australians are sticking with left-leaning politics and they're just not moving in the way previous generations have. Can you walk us through your findings, please? Yeah, sure. Well, it used to be that parties of the centre-right um, you know, internationally could sort of rely on voters who leaned left and left in their youth uh, moving over towards them as they got older. And that's certainly been the, the case in Australia. Um, when boomers and Gen X entered the electorate, they were a few percentage points less likely to vote coalition. Um, but once they got to their early 50s, they became a few percentage points more likely and then sort of continued in that trajectory. They're, both those generations are, on average, fairly pro-coalition generations. And the silent generation who came before boomers, they were a particularly pro-coalition generation um, basically over their entire lives. Mm. Um, but millennials and Gen Z are shaping up to be to be quite different. Um, millennials entered the, the electorate with lower levels of support for the coalition, and our shift towards the coalition is happening at about half the rate as those older generations. Uh, we're not going to be a whole heap, at the rate we're going anyway, we're not going to be a whole heap of help to the coalition until we're into our 80s. And Gen Z are just fundamentally different to the voters that came before them. Um, historically low levels of support for the coalition in their early elections, and as they enter their mid-20s, they're moving even further away. It's a looming yeah. issue for the coalition. Indeed, and, and possibly broader too. And just to be really specific, at the last election, the oldest boomers, you remind me, were 15.2 percentage points more likely to vote coalition. The oldest of Gen X were 2.2 uh, percentage uh, points more likely to vote coalition. So you can, that, that's sort of quite graphic, I think. Yeah, like Gen X is basically following the boomers' um, lockstep since about the age of, of 30. Um, so they're, the reason they're at 2.2 percentage points is because they're a little bit younger than boomers, but they're showing every indication of following that trajectory. It's uh, The millennials and Gen Z are doing things a bit differently. I mean, is there any movement at all towards the political centre from people born from 1991? 1981, no, no. sorry. <laughs> yeah, so um, per election... I have millennials moving towards the coalition at 0.6 percentage points. That's compared to boomers and Gen X who moved sort of closer to one percentage point. Now, you might say, well, that's not a particularly large difference. But as you allow that to sort of go on and accumulate over the you know, entire life course, that results in very, very large gaps in support for the coalition between those generations um, if those, those trends continue. 
Now, Cos, after the 2022 election, I think you also had a look at this same data yep. that Matthews used. What's your big takeout from Matthews' analysis? Uh, the, the the big takeout from our perspective is that it's it's an urban versus regional dynamic as well. So we uh, we know that uh, millennials and Gen Z uh, steer towards the left and, and remain there, as Matthews just articulated, particularly with millennials so far. Um, in, in a very big way in our large cities. Uh, less so when you're looking at places like regional Queensland, regional Western Australia and so on, although there are less of them uh, present there, obviously. But uh, nonetheless, uh, the National Party in Queensland, for example, seems to do a lot better amongst this generation. However, you come into the big cities and the situation gets quite grim for the coalition, particularly in cities like Melbourne, uh, where... We've seen the consequences of, of that dynamic now for, for the last two state elections where, you know, every, I would say, bit of commentary tells you that the Labor government here in Victoria should uh, uh, incur some attrition, but it doesn't. Uh, and it seems to be um, held up by this generation. What about, so the, how do the Greens come out of all this then? Very well, I take it. Or is it not quite so simple? Uh, it, 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 it's, again, nuanced. So we know that Gen Z, um, particularly women, are uh, overwhelmingly young women, are uh, overwhelmingly supporters of the Greens in the inner parts of our, our large cities. So, you know, think about Melbourne uh, um, and Brisbane, for example, where they won recently three federal seats in the inner parts of Brisbane. That's where the Greens' um, uh, support base is at, at its most, Um but pronounced, and it's driven by these two generations. However, we do know, and Matthew's work also points this out, millennials, as they get older, yeah, they're moving a bit, but they're going from green to to um, to the Labor Party. Uh, and, you, and so once they start having kids and they've got a mortgage and they start incurring those life pressures, they tend to, more of them start voting Labor versus Greens. That is those with a Greens voting background when they were much younger. And yet I thought you said, which shocked me a few couple of years back, that when Greens voters became disenchanted, they often went to libs. This was the astonishing thing. Yep. And that, that they barely knew a worker, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yes, so yes. is that shifting again? Yeah, that's shifting again. So we were talking about millennials back then. So we knew that there was... There was a shift uh, when they when they become disenchanted with the Greens. They they shifted actually between uh, Liberal and, and, and Labor to a certain extent, but they were in, in, in very specific pockets around um, our large cities. That's now completely stopped. I think the dynamic I think that dynamic really did did come to a halt when Malcolm Turnbull was removed as Prime Minister, and um, uh, and quite pronounced. So we saw a massive shift away from that trend once uh, the the coalition really started to shift to the right when it came to their policy settings. And that's people like Scott Morrison became Prime Minister and yes. so on. Yes, yeah, yeah, right. absolutely. And, yeah. And, and, and just before I go back to Matthew, what about some of the other states like Tasmania or WA, for instance? Cos, to you. Oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, well, t yeah, Tasmania's got a, uh, a different dynamic. It's, it's a 
much older state. So you see that sort of progressive uh, footprint a lot more pronounced in, in a city like Hobart. And then it becomes quite uh, different as we head north. And you could, and we are able to now see the electoral consequences of that, where the coalitions tend to do a lot better in a state like um, Tasmania, particularly at a, um, at a federal level and state level. But, you know, we're basically most of the political real estate down south at a federal level is um, occupied by an independent. And then up north, we're having a, a, a gradual erosion of Labor's, Labor's hold up, up in the, uh, those northern electorates. So that's different. And it is, again, different in Queensland because uh, 52% of Queensland's population lives outside of Brisbane. And it's that urban-rural uh, divide, which is, uh, which is also an important factor when we're talking about these things. So, hence, the coalition just does a lot better in Queensland than, than it does in, in other states. Matthew, what are the usual drivers or reasons uh, that you've found for Australians to leave their more youthful political choices behind? So that's going to be a topic of um, sort of future work that I want to do in this space. Um, but something we know from the international literature um, and political science is that one of the things that shifts people into a centre-right camp as they, they get a bit older is um, accumulation of assets and home ownership in particular. And I think part of um, the reason why millennials are uh, are not shifting towards the coalition at the same rate as we um as we saw for boomers and Gen X, is that our rates of home ownership are um, considerably lower as we enter our early 40s compared to, to those generations. So I, I can't say to what extent um, that explains this, but I, I, you would think that that would be a fairly important factor. Mm. I, I picked out um, Fortune magazine, which is an American magazine, had a, a very interesting uh, um, article on it recently. Gen Z is turning to, and they, they listed the terminology, radical rest, delusional thinking, financial nihilism, self-care and repose, and doing nothing as a form of resistance. This was American responses they detected to late-stage capitalism. Uh, I don't know whether, are you detecting that type of, you know, quite significant emotional shifts in, in Australia, uh, Matthew? Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of looking at the, the survey data on this. I've, I've not um, been present at uh, focus groups where people have the, uh, the ability to... Drill down into those type of tone, that tone. Yeah, I mean, maybe identity. (laughs) What are you saying, Cos? Yeah, I was perhaps I can add to that because we obviously that's our forte. (laughs) So you tell me. Uh, I think (laughs) imposters can probably tell you a bit more about that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we know with Gen Z, it's um, we find greater levels of empathy. Um, and and I would say uh, a more openness uh, in, in relation to the way they view society and their place in society. And okay, that's that's what we see. Um, some of the theories that are out there are around. You know, this is one of the first generations where they've basically grown up with a mobile phone in their hands. They've had uh, they have unlimited access to, to air, um, news news platforms um, that they can choose. And what we do know is that when you give people that amount of choice, they tend to gravitate towards news sources that align with their their biases, um, and that and over over their their um, their course of their life, that becomes quite an entrenched view. So you know, it, uh, when I was growing up, we had you know three three to four free to air TV stations that used traditional radio stations, uh, and not the internet. 
right now, that's a complete re- um, reversal and the media market is absolutely fragmented and gives them a lot of access. We're just getting a bit of pushback on our text line from people who are saying we don't all get more conservative as we age. <laughs> Some of us do this the other. True. which is, And that's, I think, particularly females. Look, there's so many things to consider here. Matthew, <clears throat> how serious is this structural demographic problem for conservative politics? And, I mean, how many seats are we talking about which, which would be at stake for the coalition if this uh, follows through? Well, if there's no shift in support, like if things just basically stay as they are and, and boomers, their level of support for coalition remains where it is, and that's true of the, the other generations, um, what you're going to see in elections going forward is um, Generation Z, millennials, and the generation that follows Gen Z are going to make up a much larger percentage of the of the electorate going forward. So the average age of voters is going to increase over the, the next six elections. Um, but at the moment, you've got... Boomers making up, boomers and Gen X making up about forty-five percent. So that's forty-five percent of um, the electorate that's sort of notionally pro-coalition. Um, and at the moment, millennials and Gen Z make up forty-eight percent. But if you go out to twenty forty, um, the the pro-coalition generations are going to be less than a third of the electorate. Boomers are going to be one in ten voters, and those those three youngest generations we're going to be like seventy percent of the electorate. So you don't want to be you want to be in opposition that's got fairly broad support across all the generations. You don't want to be an opposition that has soft support amongst the younger generations because then you need way more support in that older demographic to, to stay in mm. contention. So if things stay say- as they are... I was going to say, if things stay as they are, um, you could see the coalition primary vote into the 20s and that could cost them upwards of 30 seats. Wow. Um, we- yeah. Well, you do say there's a narrow path to victory. Nonetheless, the road goes through millennials and Jed Zs, not around them. Yeah, that's because I, I looked at one scenario where if you just allow Gen Zs um, support for the coalition to remain where it is, and if you think that that's broadly reflective of what uh, how the generation that follows them is going to vote, if that's true, like how much support do they have to gain amongst millennials? How much additional support do they need to gain amongst boomers and Gen X, and yeah. to what extent do they need to shift those millennial votes? And mm-hmm. I mean, I, as far as I can tell, they need to do that for like nine percentage points at every election, um, and that base that basically can't be done. Um, to give you some context to that claim, um, it took them it took them two decades to shift boomers and Gen X eight. 0.8 percentage points. So the notion that you're going to shift all those generations nine percentage points between now and the next election, then repeat that for the next five, like that just can't be done. Because about 15 seconds, final remark, mm. is anybody currently in politics facing this demographic reality, do you think, really? No, is the answer. Um, and I'd like to add just to the, just to the statistical discussion, uh, migrants, skilled migrants that are coming to this country who are many of them are millennials and Gen Z, and we do know, for example, Indian Australians favour Labor to to the tune of about 85%. So... Very interesting. Much more to discuss. Thank you both, Matthew Taylor and Cosmaris, for your thoughts. Thank you. And we will be back after the news. ABC RN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.